What's up? You're listening to the Scholarly Spark podcast. Here's your chance to finally become interested in learning and find out what you're genuinely curious about. Join me as we discover the secrets of South Asia and experience different foods, the latest technologies, immerse ourselves in a variety of phenomenal cultures, find out about interesting people we never knew existed, and learn about what no one else dared to find out. I'm Kamal Narayanan, taking you on a journey through the mysteries of South Asia, all from the convenience of your headphones. Here we go. Uh, some of the goddess symbols cease to function as symbols of goddess because of the way they were appropriated by various registrations, such as uh, um, Nandi or the bull that becomes the vehicle of Shiva, mm-hmm. uh, Garuda or the eagle, the vehicle of Vishnu, uh, and some other symbols such as um, Swastika, Chakra, Trisula, Naga, Purnakumbha, and Lotus are still integral part of the goddess tradition, mm-hmm. but assumed different meanings in other religious contexts. Um, take, for example, Chakra. Vishnu uses Chakra to punish the wicked and to restore Dharma. Um, in Buddhist tradition, Chakra takes on various esoteric meanings. Mm-hmm. So, so on and so forth. Right. And um, um, when it comes to goddesses, uh, to, to um, talk, um, I don't know whether you would like um, the perception and the evolution of these goddesses. Um, you want me to talk about what? Yeah, yeah. Perception uh, evolution works. Yeah, that's fine. That's good. Okay. Yeah, you know, the goddess is uh, the representation of nature and as such played a fundamental role in uh, agricultural societies. So needing timely rains, good crops, and flourishing um, domestic animals and uh, human offspring, um, just these basic necessities um, make, you know, these societies uh, reward these, uh, and also fear the goddess for these, uh, um, Mm -hmm. uh, because she can bestow all they need or take away with the drought and disease. You know? Right, right. So the goddess is placated by blood sacrifices. She is understood in abstract as uh, formless and genderless, or assuming many different forms of symbolic as well as animate and inanimate beings, such right. as rocks, trees, animals, and uh, human forms. Right. Uh, right. Just as I explained, like Garuda or uh, Naga. War the bull, you know, etc. The the Nandi right. uh, representing fertility. The goddess is portrayed symbolically as um, you know, Lotus, Swastika, Srivatsa, Chakra, uh, you know, like uh, again, coiled snake, Trisula, etc. So because of people's reliance on goddess, textual religions such as Buddhism, Jainism, Vaishnavism, and Saivism quoted the goddess as a way to introduce their religions to people. To do this, these religions appropriated various symbols, the meanings of which at times were elaborated to fit into their respective religious orientations. So the female human form of goddess is adopted into these religious traditions in a subordinate position as wives, uh, mothers, or subdued goddesses. 
for example lakshmi uh, becomes the spouse of vishnu while her symbols become part of vishnu like chakra becomes his weapon um srivats uh, um uh, you know so uh, displayed in his chest signifying wealth and regality um in shiva and it comes to shiva he wears snakes on his person right carries trisula as his weapon in parvati one of the forms of goddess becomes his spouse mm. but uh, sayers made um amendments giving a, a bigger role to the goddess um showing parvati as half of shiva you know so there is adhanarishwara showing that you know half or shiva half parvati the buddha and jain mahavira um are shown in art bearing all the auspicious symbols of goddess on their persons to emphasize their um, supra human qualities mm right okay wow so then obviously like hearing you talk about that you're clearly very passionate about uh your research and and what you do so what do you think has been your most rewarding experience involving your work in in the field huh. um yeah that's a good question my most rewarding experience involving um, south asian studies is administering a study abroad program in sri lanka oh, wow okay. uh, over the last um, 21 years <laughs> oh wow that's awesome wow. yeah yeah uh it has been a very productive and uh, enjoyable experience uh, helping uh, american undergraduate students uh, who came to spend uh, a semester uh, to study in sri lanka Mm, wow. I worked with uh, the faculty at the University of Peradeniya in Kandy, um, mm. Sri Lanka, who offered uh, specially tailored courses to uh, our um, undergraduate students. Um, and with the help of our uh, staff in Sri Lanka, I arranged local families for students who learned Sinhala and uh, Tamil in the classroom and participated. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and practiced um, these languages with the local students and host families. Mm-hmm. Wow! It's a, it's a great thing to watch yeah, how awesome. these uh, students parallel their study abroad experience to become researchers and professors mm. uh, returning to Sri Lanka or other South and Southeast Asian countries. Wow! It is uh, also give me a chance to grow personally and intellectually. Right. right uh while well, um, the relationships i forged with sri lankans is invaluable mm. uh, my familiarity with the islands uh, uh, history and politics helped me uh, to extend my research to sri lanka oh wow okay that's awesome uh, especially i'm excited about my current project as it allows me to bring some of my passions into my research mm-hmm. um that is about global warming and its effects on people's lives and livelihoods It's been super fun learning with you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Join me next week as we explore another part of the vast, mysterious lands of South Asia. I'm looking forward to exploring something new that you've never heard about next week. Talk soon.